Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he f- but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Hallie and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that, the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We you know what I'm saying? Here go. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You're the best. Jesus, you're, Jesus, you're the best. You're the be- okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, C.J. Foster trains people to run marathons. Could Paula ever run 26 miles in a row? Coach Foster will have the one-word answer. And remember, maybe is just one word. And it's time for the midterm elections. Professor of Public Policy Dr. Nicholas Duquette tells us how to cast an educated vote. One hint, if a candidate is trying to scare you, you should be scared of that candidate. I'm Adam Felber, the man who fills in his bubble completely. And now, please welcome the woman who always writes her own name in, Paula Poundstone. Welcome, Paula, and thank you to tonight's house band, the amazing double bass player, Jory Herman, from the Los Angeles Philharmonic. Whoa. Whoa. That music was so beautiful, I'm not dressed well enough. No, no, no. (laughs) And I should not have gotten undressed while hearing it. Paula, (laughs) you just appeared on another podcast. uh, You're two-timing us. You appeared on Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny. Yeah. Um, you were supposed to uh, give a one-hour interview. Um, That's what I saw. On my sheet, it said a one-hour interview. And how long did you talk for? Well, it started at 11.45, and when I got to my car, I looked at the clock, and it was 1.45, so I believe. So you talked for two hours close straight. Close to two hours, and I remember the look on the faces of the people in the studio. Horror. Just yeah. horror. Jimmy Pardo, at a couple of points, just went, shut up. Did he really? Yeah, he did, did he really just say, yeah, shut up? Yeah. I, I like yeah. Jimmy. I've met Jimmy a couple of times. And yeah, also he was now, great. He was I, fun. now I sympathize with him in, in a very real way. Yeah. Um, 
They really, yeah. It yeah, was because, uh, because like, well, you know I, I am no like, stranger to knowing, to, struggling to contain you. I, you know, I got started. They do this weird thing where they have you sit in one chair, sort of before, like you're you're there, but you're not really at the table yet. Like you graduate to the table. I have no idea why they do it that way. But uh, did you start talking before you graduated? I started talking before I graduated. So you weren't even on mic. You were just no. Yelling. I had a no. I had a mic. They had okay. they, yeah. No, I did have a mic, but I I, I started there. I think that's the part they weren't really counting on. Right. And uh, by the time well, I guess the whole two hours is something they weren't counting on. No, I think it took them by surprise. Jimmy, if you're out there, I'm sorry. I feel for you. I, it was, I'm, it was I suspect rough. this will not be known as the Poundstone episode so much as the Poundstone incident. Well, you know, they said it was an ordeal. I think it was Poundstone an ordeal. ordeal. For them. They, <laughs> actually, at the end, he said, you can come back anytime. And so I stood wow. outside the door for a little while and then I knocked. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, I meant that figuratively like you know not not literally any any time so i don't I, I think he probably what he meant by any time was never that's what i think he meant <laughs> yeah. that's what i think he meant by you know, that podcast has been time. running for like 13 years yeah they're a well-oiled machine until yeah. you and threw i covered the one year of that for them <laughs> you helped um, them get through year 14 yeah. I, I gotta tell you though you know when i pulled up you know i was in sherman oaks uh yeah. at california you know not a fancy neighborhood by any means and a very nondescript uh, not a fancy looking building until sure. you went inside uh-huh. And then they, it was a fancy studio. Right. And then not one, not one discarded mattress anywhere nearby. Oh, you're talking, of course, about the fact that there are usually discarded mattresses here on Miranda Street outside luxurious and spacious Ray Horseman Studios. Yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. a little jealous, to be honest with you. They had a lot of decorations. They had a lot of things up on the wall that said Jimmy Pardo on them. Right, but he's been doing this for, if, if we go for 13 years, I'm sure we'll get like your name on the wall somewhere. If we go for 13 years, you'll be a wreck. Yeah, I will you, be. I will be. You couldn't possibly go. I, 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 well, it was no, fun. I'm, I'm just finding my stride now. Uh, I oh, want to say true? about, you know, we often put down Miranda Street and the stuff on it. Tonight, I want to say it has really cleaned up its act. Our, um, oh, is that true? Yeah. Our, uh, I didn't know our, our uh, muscle out there, Knuckles Glickman, was, was pointed out to me that there are no mattresses out there tonight. There are no toilets. There's only one mini fridge. That's because I came early. You straightened I, up? I dragged a lot of the stuff. <laughs> oh, that was really nice of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm making a little house on another block. Oh, well, you'll have ample materials by what is supplied here. Yeah, I now, can't wait. we sometimes like to kick off the show with a little entry from the Poundstone Almanac, a little bit of advice for you, and I understand that you have, I have some, some excellent, advice this week. I have some excellent advice from you, this yes. week, which is if you're buying trash bags right. and you don't see on the picture on the box a recognizable difference between the top of the bag and the bottom of the bag, yeah. then don't buy them. Okay. Uh, this is gonna. People are gonna thank me for this. This is gonna save you so much time. So I can't tell you how you many can't, hours. You can't get your bags open. Is what you're saying? I've spent hours and hours of my life trying to uh, smush the two parts of the bag together. I, I'm sure our listeners are appreciating your mime work. I'm right doing now. a hand gesture yeah. right now. You uh-huh. could describe the hand gesture. That yeah. might help. She's doing one of those I'm trying to open a bag gestures. That's exactly fingers. right. Yeah. I've spent hours and hours not even sure. Like, if I do just, you know, just bare knuckle <laughs> it and pull them apart, I may be breaking the bottom of the bag. You There's could be. no discernible characteristic uh, that you can see with see, the naked eye. I've never eye. had that problem with garbage bags. I've had that problem in the supermarket with the little tiny thin uh, like vegetable bags. Well, precisely. Right. But yeah. Garbage bags always seems to seems to me to be no. Pretty, they're pretty not clear. though. 
They're well, not. I'm not talking about the big kind, although I could see where you could have. I'm talking about a trash bag, the tall trash bag size. Uh, but I oh, could see okay. where a garbage bag could have that problem, too. I'm just not sure that you've done as much discarding of waste as I have. Um, that is that is entirely likely because you have 14 cats. I have 14 cats. And yeah. so the amount of time I have saved myself by buying a tall trash bag that has a discernible characteristic that allows me to know what is the top, what is the opening of the bag. I'm going to say maybe if you buy the cinch sacks, you'll have much better luck because then you can always see because the, the, usually the, the cinching cord is like a different color than the rest of the bag. Yeah, you could do I that. I can't you could imagine that cinch- this is interesting to anybody, though. No, but it's what helpful. We're talking about. It's helpful. It is helpful. I'm not telling you, we're not ta- you didn't say, do you have some interesting advice? Well, I'm giving helpful advice. Yeah, although arguably you want to be interesting on a podcast. Can we, no, but yeah. this is, it's, I, I'm telling you, just you wait. Uh-huh. You can write to us at where? Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Right. Okay. Terrific. Do that and please let us know the kind of time savings that you have found and what you're doing with that extra time um, with this, with advice, this advice that I've given you. Okay. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to yeah. all the all the rolling in. Yeah. That's gonna be I, we may have to get like we may have to get more help for the social networking. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, because there's gonna be so many emails uh, coming in. We sure are. Yeah. yeah, ding, ding, all night long, ding, ding. ding. Another, yeah, yeah, our, our yeah. producer Bonnie Burns will be tortured by the dinging of emails as people talk yeah. about the immense improvement in the quality of their lives now that they're buying bags because with they've been tops. right because they're able to do other things, spend time with a family, for example. You know, you. I could, think this might break up a couple of marriages as people have to actually <laughs> look at each other instead of opening bags. Yeah, no, people want to spend time with their family. Why have you been avoiding your family? By, by, by going like, oh, by I'll, saying, I'll read you. I would read you a goodnight story, but I got to open yeah, these damn garbage not, bags. Not done with this bag yet. Be right with you. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, my gosh. Now, now my now my excuse is gone. Yeah, the kids cry themselves to, to sleep. Daddy yeah. couldn't find the top of the bag again. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our first guest. Uh, Paula, you do exercise, don't you? Oh, I do. I work you out. Do. Yeah. Yep, yep. I have. Uh, I I do. Uh, I do Taekwondo. Actually, Adam. You do. I do. Oh, I, I knew that. Yeah, I do Taekwondo. And I, by the way, I I recently uh, uh, acquired a paisley belt. A what? I reached the level of paisley belt. I'm sorry. I was, t- I was taking a sip of water and I, I I almost spit it out, but I wanted to be polite to our guest. Yeah. Um, what do you mean a paisley belt? Paisley belt. It's part of the. It's not. Know, well, the guy told me it was. <laughs> That's you're, yeah. You've got I got a paisley belt. Wonder. Yeah, yeah. It's for uh, yeah. What did what did you achieve to get the paisley belt? Um, I can sashay around the room. Uh huh. <sighs> That's one of the things. Yeah. The, and two I'm words. Really, I have a firm handshake. Right. Yeah. 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 These are words that I tend not to associate with Taekwondo. The yeah. Say oh, you're Korean thinking martial of, art, right? Yeah. 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 It's a martial art. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a mixed martial art. What do you mean mixed? It's mixed with. Uh, you know, with sacheting and handshakes. Yeah, apparently. it's mixed with. <laughs> yeah, it's I feel like it's, you're either doing it wrong or you have a really bad teacher. No, I'm telling you, it was a tearful ceremony when I received my paisley belt. Who was crying? Uh, I was weeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I can. Uh, yeah, well, I can do less. Well, congratulations so anyway, on your pace. Thank you. Let's I do work to other forms of exercise. Do you let's run? Let's do it. I, I, I can barely run. I can't right. even make it a block, actually. Right. Would you like to run? I would like to run. Okay. Well, I want to be a... like the others. Would you like to run like maybe a marathon? Da, 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 the others. Da, 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 da. That's chariots of fire. What yeah. Do the others. Chariots of fire. It's a running song. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Okay. That's, yes, it is. Yeah. What's that? My yes, gosh. Sir. Jimmy Pardo didn't have that blank look on his face when I talked to him. <laughs> My God. I thought you were here. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm here. I'm always here. Da, um, da, da, I get it. Da, yes. The, yeah. the, the, the beloved Vangelis theme of From Chariots of Fire. Yes. Um, okay. So the LA Marathon is Sunday, March 24th. It's coming up um, in about five or six months. You have five months to get ready to run. Could you do it? Here to help us figure out is C.J. Foster, marathon coach for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team in training. He's run 19 marathons since 2005. Please welcome C.J. Foster. Yeah, and thank you, house band Jory Herman. C.J., could Paula run the, the L.A. Marathon? I believe she could. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. By the way, listeners, he was looking right at me when he said it. Right. <laughs> Which, as we know from uh, Dr. Jonathan Bowman, means he was lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Two episodes Well, he wasn't ago. making eye contact necessarily, but he was looking right at me. Yeah. He was looking at my upper body when he said it. He doesn't really see my lower body, which right. I think is important what in le- running. What leads you to think she could do it? Uh, I think, first and foremost, you have to believe. I think oh. as long as you put your mind to it and believe that you could do it, I think you could do it. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. And then there's other stuff like, like for me, when I did my first marathon, it was all about being a part of a group and being part of a team. Oh, and wow. how I got started, because I never ran marathons before, uh-huh. and I just got a flyer in the mail and it said, come run a marathon and raise money for cancer research. Okay. And I just knew I wanted to do something. Previously, before that flyer came to you in the mail, how had you run maximum in your life? Maybe max 10 miles. Okay, so that makes you already 10 miles ahead of Paula. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm running zero. Okay. Zero. And you have like, run zero. Yeah, I'm but running there's, there's millimeters. There's plenty of people on our team that have never run marathons that haven't done as much as 10 miles before. So this was an organization that's helping raise money and they train people to run in order to do that. Is that right? right? Yeah. Got you. Okay. And it all started with this one gentleman whose daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. Uh-huh. And he felt helpless, like he wanted to help, but didn't know what he could do. And him and a bunch of his friends from work decided to join it to like join a, or start a group yeah. to run the New York City Marathon. Wow. And they bet all their coworkers that they could finish. Uh-huh. And they ended up raising about two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. Wow! In the wow! Their coworkers must have had limited faith in them. I guess. My gosh! Yeah. And also all maybe a, maybe a gambling problem. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're Imagine all those people thought that they had a sure thing. They're yeah, like, oh, right. No, no yeah. way. Fatso's making it to the end. And yeah, then, right. Lo and behold, and they, they probably weren't even hoping for them to come over the finish line. It was no. probably like a running version of Wacky Racers, where they did stuff like put tax down so that they wouldn't make it over the finish line. Probably These something like that. Co- Workers. Yeah, I know I the person that, that donated the most got to choose his outfit, and one of them chose like purple tights. He had to run the entire marathon in purple tights. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep. So well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. 
That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, you know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? 
Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger. Ooh. And, you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on and I, I swear to you, okay. This is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. I'll try to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> Okay. Oh. And hence now leukemia lymphoma society team and training programs. Color is purple. Uh -huh. Do you wear tights? Uh, I have. Have you worn the purple tights? I have. In a marathon? Yes. Which one? Uh, San Diego. All right. Doesn't it make your legs sweatier? Uh, probably a, a little wick, bit. It's probably, yeah. Wicking, yeah. It's, it's probably wicking action on that fabric on uh -huh. your tights, right? But at least like, wick. 
the fabric yeah. moving against itself is better than the skin moving against itself. Oh, oh okay. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. 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 Well, especially with my skin moving against itself. <laughs> yeah. I have some yeah. sizable so, so, thighs. Paula, do you think you could do a... You have perfect, perfectly nice thighs. I mean, they're... That's the sound of my That's thighs moving against That's kind of the sound you of Doritos what? being crunched. There's, there's lubrication for the stuff like that. Is there? There's yeah. lubrication for thigh? For, for running. Rubbing? Yes. Yeah. Really? Because I, I, I shop sometimes at Top to Top uh, Sneaker Store, you know, the running shoe store. Not right. not because I'm going to run, but because yes, it's you are. A, You're gonna run a no, marathon. because it's a sneaker store near my house. That's why I go there, and I yeah. don't want to walk that yes. far to another store. But they've when I've gone there, they've never said to me, let, let, us, let me show you your, our lubricant. <laughs> I don't think they suspect you of running. Yeah. No, probably not. Yeah. I think it's... Last time I went on my electric scooter to get there. Yeah, I'm like, that, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a dead giveaway. That yeah. you Maybe I don't think that's something they want to bring up right away. Oh, they right. don't bring up yeah. the... Yeah. yeah. They don't yeah. even... Because oh, honestly, lube. I've never heard... <laughs> I've never heard it's called, about... It's called Body Glide. Oh, it's called Body, body Glide. No, yeah, they that didn't. That doesn't yeah. make it sound less sexual than calling it lube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still sounds like the kind of thing you'd find at the pleasure chest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one guy said to me, here's some... <laughs> I'm like, that sounds sexual. <laughs> Who said that to you? One of the guys at the store. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, it was, uh, it was, Are you sure I, it was a running store? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a, <laughs> you, you were in a store where they were panting at you and tossing yeah. lube. Yeah. So. He said, here's this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. I misinterpreted. It, you really um, could have. What was the name of the store again? No, it's Top to Top, right? That oh, running yeah. shoe store. Yeah, the S&M store. store. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Given that right now I can't even imagine running for a whole block, how would I go about uh, training for a marathon? Well, first and foremost, I'd say that most people that start training for a marathon tend to overtrain in the beginning. Oh, that's not going to happen here. They do too, too much running. You mean they push themselves too hard? Correct. And they really? hit a wall. I yeah. think I have the edge on all the other runners now. Yeah. Well, Because Paul is not going to overtrain. Yeah, no, they think, not going to overtrain at all. They think they need to run 10 miles a day every day until they get to the marathon, where when we start our training the first day, let's say Monday, we go 20 minutes of running on Monday, 30 minutes of running on Tuesday, you rest on Wednesday, 30 minutes on Thursday. And then Saturday would be your long run. And in the beginning, your long run would be three miles. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, not, that's, that's starting with baby steps. Which is, the yeah, that's not, not baby long, steps. Three miles isn't starting with baby steps. It's well, doable. Three, three miles at the end of your... And you can, you can walk some of it, Paula. Oh, can I? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. As you, as you work your way up, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and the so, goal yeah. is to be running the whole time when, once you get to the actual day of... The goal is to finish. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I bet Paula could finish. Yeah. Do you, you think you could finish a marathon? Or no? I mean, I could walk for 26 miles. I'm not sure I could run for 26 miles. So one miles. more thing that we do as a team is we do what's called interval running. Interval running. Yeah. So like, especially in a beginner, we would have them do, you run for two minutes, you walk for a minute. Uh -huh. Run for two minutes, walk for a minute. And what that's doing is it's regulating your heart rate. Oh, you want your heart rate oh, yeah. at a certain level so that you're burning fat as opposed to sugar. Oh. So you guys ever hear something called the wall? Yeah. So they yeah. hit the wall. Yeah. It's because the their wall. blood sugar level is too low. Oh. Okay. So you well, Paula's wanna... blood sugar level is never too low because yeah. she loads up on these double stuffed Oreos. Yeah. And you can bring them on the run with you. Oh, good. That's right. Yeah. You, you I, know, it's to eat anything you want. In my fanny pack. Oh, I love it so far. In my fanny pack, <laughs> I'll just have double stuffed Oreos. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, oh. Okay. So I love this idea of run for two minutes and walk, walk for, for one minute. One minute. Is yeah. there any way of reversing that? 
Yeah, it's all about what works for you. Oh, hey, you're boy. already bargaining him down to less running, <laughs> and, and this is just the idea of running that you're bargaining. I just want to be—I want to make the parameters clear. Okay. All right, so this 20 minutes and 30 minutes that you're talking about includes this run for two minutes, walk for one minute. Is that correct? correct? Okay. Yeah. So you said then Wednesday's the rest day, and then the big run was the three miles on, on Saturday. The, on the Saturday. Saturday. And you're busy that day, I'm guessing. I am busy that day, but. Uh, <laughs> Can you do it Sunday instead? Yeah, yes. I'm out. Sunday like in, in 2027. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Of, yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, what about? I want to go back to the schedule in a second, but also, like right now in my life, the balls of my feet really hurt when I run or even walk. Sometimes, is there a particular way you're supposed to be landing on your feet? Yeah, you're actually. The best way I could describe it is, you know, like the doggy paddle, where yeah. you kind of yeah. you dog like that. Yeah. If you do that with your feet. Where when you land, you're uh-huh. on the balls of your feet, uh-huh. just lightly pushing off. Uh-huh. And another so it's thing, not a long stride. No. So a lot of people that tend to have knee problems, because uh-huh. I'm not the smallest guy, and a lot of people are like, well, what about your knees? You're doing all these marathons. It's a lot about form and shoes, which you brought up earlier. Yeah. When you land, your foot has to be directly below you. Uh, oh. No, I wouldn't have thought that because thought of that this either. long stridey thing. Yeah. Right. Um, your foot has to be directly below you when you land. Yeah, so then all your weight is is centered. Yeah. Whereas if your leg is a little bit forward, now all that pressure is going to go on your knees. Oh. Right. So people that land on their heels, now all that pressure is on their knees, where if you're directly above where your feet lands and you do this kind of short, quick steps uh-huh. on the balls of your feet, uh-huh. you're not going to feel all that pressure. Right. That wouldn't work for me. Why? Because my knees are not over my feet anyway. I've got this extreme pronation happening. Uh, what do you mean your my, knees aren't over your feet? I've got uh, I've got these, these messed up feet, and so my knees my knees. Adam are has the collapse. biggest feet you've ever seen or, in your life. Adam has you Fred Flintstone feet. I uh, in prone. Okay, so yeah, because I have completely flat feet, and so I've got you know I've, I've looked into it. I've gone to many doctors. There's shoes. Yes, I'm, I'm wearing running. custom orthotics right now. Okay. Right. Wait a Still minute. Still not going to make me. How come? So run. you, CJ, just said to Adam, are you in prone or out prone? And both of you seem to know what that meant. So you tend to. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, is this is this cocktail party conversation? It's it's running conversation, I really, guess. In prone or out prone? What does that mean? This is why I cycle and not run, is basically what It I'm has doing. to do with when you land your feet. Uh-huh. And you kind of like t- you end up rolling in with your foot, uh-huh. or you roll out. Oh! So if you're improning and there's nothing to help support that inner part of your foot, yeah, you're now putting all that added stress on your ankles uh-huh. and your knees. All right, so you've got two beautiful medals right here. One for the Los Angeles Marathon, but I'm interested in this one here for the one in China. You ran a marathon on the wow. Great Wall of China. Yes. How was that? That was amazing. Uh, I heard about the experience years ago from a friend that he had done it, and I just knew in the back of my head it was something bucket list that I'd always would want to do. Right. Wow. Yeah. And and you, I I think you said that not the whole marathon was on the wall, but you started and ended with a yeah, couple so of miles of wall. Probably a total of like five to six miles on the wall. You start and then well, you're actually on top of the wall. Yeah. On the Great Wall of China. Wow. And you're not worried about wrecking it. I guess not. I mean, it's been there. Wrecking it? It's already been there yeah, so many years. Yeah, wrecking the wall. How would you wreck the wall running? I don't know. It's been there a long time. People running all over it. That, that's what it was built for. It's a wall. Walls are not built, built to run on. That one is. No, it isn't. It's a big 
back me up here. Sam. Yeah, it's, no, it's a big wall. Stone path. I think it's gonna. No, it's not made for running on. You make a wall to to stop people from. Like... It was built to support people in armor. And he's right, wearing so purple you, tights. I so think it's you fine. Th- yeah. So you think that Trump wants to build a wall for marathons? You think that's like we get? No, we- no, I don't think that, that there'll be any civic good that comes out of Trump's wall. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think you know when you were when the Chinese were building the wall to repel what I guess the the Mongol hordes and whatnot, right? Yeah. Uh, was it the Mongol hordes? It was. Yeah. And how did they do with that? Did it work? Well, they won the World Series three years in a row. Who did the Beijing uh, Lions? Over the Mongol hordes. Over the Mongol hordes. So I thought it was like a wall to keep people out or something. Yes, the Mongol horde. But you can run on top of it? Yes, because you could stand in armor on top of the wall. I I don't know why this is hard. You've seen pictures of the Great Wall of China, have you not? I don't think so. Really? No. The way you're making it sound, it sounds low down. Was it a low wall? What good would a low wall be? (laughs) (laughs) What Mongol horde is going to be repelled by a low wall? Yeah, when the Mongol up front, right, the lead Mongol right. sees the wall, he goes, "Go back, go back." There's yeah, a wall. We'd have to, we'd have to jump. <laughs> well, they're gonna make us run on the wall. Go back, go back. Wow. Well, no, yeah, this is, this I'm is... not a really historian. No, CJ. no. <laughs> a lot of my history. Um, right, let's just, change was, the subject to something I've... that you know something about, then, because clearly, uh, the Ooh, Great Wall of China and running are not yeah. two of those things. Maybe we should have the listeners send in uh, topics that I might know something about. You might want to do uh, that or yeah. put that in your theme song. Let's talk about um, your favorite athlete in history who ran the Boston Marathon famously, Rosie Ruiz. You know Rosie Ruiz, don't I you, think everybody CJ? Knows the story yeah, about yeah. Rosie it's, Ruiz. She's my favorite athlete. Uh, <laughs> she's the woman who was running the Boston Marathon and took the bus partway. The subway, I think. I just think, oh, was it? I thought it was a bus. Anyway, but it was just such a no harm, no foul crime. That's why I loved it. And I think what happened was... <laughs> there was no some harm, no crime. So she, she won the marathon and then we had to, then was stripped of her title. Yeah, so what? It didn't harm anybody. It didn't hurt anybody. It didn't rob anybody. So I think she had like the laurel wreath uh, on her head yeah. and a couple of the women that came in after her, uh, you know, like the rightful owner of laurel the wreath, laurel sure. wreath, you know, he kind of turns to another woman and goes like, I don't remember her passing us. Do you remember her passing us? And that's when they figured out that she had taken the bus. I just love that crime. I just think that's a great sports story. Yeah, it's a great sports story, but it's it's really just somebody cheating. Do you, do you want to weigh in on Rosie Ruiz? I just think that she must have been clueless to how long a marathon really takes. Well, she didn't come in the first few minutes. <laughs> I know. But no, she, ran, she ran for a while, and I, I guess she saw the tea station and ran down into it. I think she took the tea. I think she was right yeah. in the MTA. She, well, I think she, she was Rosie on the MTA. She, she, she might have, but I, I don't and think she, she came. And she just goes along and plays along with it? It's... Yeah. yeah she, she, came, she came out and ran, ran to the front. And, all right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Rosie, I, awesome. I don't know. If I you're love out her. there, you still yeah. have a fan in Paula Poundstone. So, so right. If anybody I, I knows do. Rosie Ruiz. So, I'm, so does the LA Marathon go by any areas where there might be a train or a bus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I'm going to alter. Especially the whole like uh, Hollywood Boulevard part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a bus that goes right oh, to Hollywood Oh, nice. Boulevard. Yeah, all the way into Santa Monica. Wow, that oh, is fantastic. Take, take the well, the then line, let me just say, CJ, I might be able to run a marathon. <laughs> okay, one more thing before we wrap this up. CJ, have you read Peter Sagal's new book? 
I have not. Well, Paula and I both love Peter Sagal because he is the host of uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And he just wrote a book that we are plugging at this moment. It's called The Incomplete Book of Running. And much like you, Peter had never been you know, much of a runner before. He saw a race go by his house and, and when he was 43 years old. And he decided, I'm exactly the short, bald Jew who's going to start running marathons. And you know, to this date, he's now run 14 of them. And he's logged tens of thousands of miles and has just written The Incomplete Book of Running. Does that interest you, CJ? Yeah, I'll probably actually pick it up. Yeah, it's uh, there you yeah, go. Excellent. Yeah. Peter, we sold one for you. And he's funny. <laughs> and he's funny. He has that goal. Very, you know very what, funny. Though? Actually, that reminds me of something, um, which is when I do work out, and I do, I do these grueling workouts with this Taekwondo guy in Santa Monica. And some of the Who things are like. He's a Taekwondo guy. He's a Taekwondo sachet guy. Ta- taekwondo slash sachet. It'll be like, do uh, push ups for two minutes, right? right? As many push ups you can do for two minutes. Well, Jesus. I wish I could promise you this was going somewhere, CJ. No, after 15 seconds, I'm ready to kill myself. And what I always, I always think about it like fractions in my head. Now, I don't, I'm not looking at a clock, um, but I, 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 when That's I, when, for sure. If Hill says, <laughs> I am, though. If <laughs> my job. If he says, like, okay, one minute's up, all I can think is, oh my God, that means I'm only halfway there and I'm already dying after one minute. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, what are you supposed to be thinking while you're running? How can you help Paula with running? the mental game? Well, I think that's why I go back to having a team. Yeah. Because with the team, you have a pace group. There's usually like four or five people, same pace as you. Uh-huh. And in the process of four or five months of training, you get to know these people better than your friends and family. Uh-huh. And that, a lot of times through the marathon, they're the people that get you through. Plus, if they don't make it, you can Between conversation are, and... Are you can have conversation while you're running? Yeah. So yeah. to go back to the whole uh, interval running, yeah. Yeah. another thing that we do is called conversational pace, uh, conversational running. You oh, run, boy. This sounds right up my right? alley. Right. You want to run at a pace. You want to run at a pace right. where you can have a conversation. Right. Because to burn fat, you need oxygen. And if you're running too fast that so you can't speak... Then you're not burning fat, you're burning oh, sugar. Oh, I see. So it all goes back to the science. Fantastic. Wow, I love that. Now, is it considered rude to be the only person talking for like 10 miles? Uh, they could run faster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> so others can clear the, run up ahead of me. Or slow so, down. I've I'll, done I'll it before. Do a, um, so mostly I'll be running going, hey, you guys. Yeah. Hey, you guys. I'm not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you got your first week. You've done it. You've done the 30 minutes on Saturday. So you're done now, ready to run a marathon. No, so you, you do the three miles the first Saturday. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then let's say the next Saturday you push it to four. Okay. The week after, five. Right. The week after that, you come back to three. Okay. Oh, to kind of get your week. legs. Oh, I see. That week. That week. Kind of give a yourself nice a break. Break for Paula. Then the next week, you move to six, seven, and so on and so on. Yeah. The way you say it, it sounds so doable. Do it. Uh, yeah. I bet we could get people to sponsor you, too. Oh, please. You wouldn't even have to wear the pink, the purple tights. I would wear the I'll purple wear them tights. For you. Yeah. I would. I would wear the purple tights. Oh, they're awesome. So, are you a trainer now for people in that group? Yeah. So, I've been with the organization since 2005, and I just did my first season last year as the coach for team and training to do the LA Marathon. And we're revving up. Our first practice for this upcoming year is going to be November 3rd. Paula huh. will be there. Okay. Uh, practice is at the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl, Paul. We started at the Rose Bowl. At at 8 a.m. Jesus, the parking will stress me out. The driving, the getting 8 a.m. will be fine. 8 a.m. on a Saturday, you can, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, CJ, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, count on me. All right, well, thank you, CJ Foster, for getting us to the starting line. Paula, what advice can you now give listeners who are thinking about running a marathon? 
Jory, if you could give me a little uh, double bass background for my marathon running advice. Thank you. Oh, perfect. If you're thinking of running a marathon, first of all, you have to believe that you can, which for me means I have to hit my head on a rock and lose all reason. You can do it, though. You start with 20 minutes on Mondays, 30 minutes on Tuesdays, rest on Wednesday, a.k.a. the best goddamn day of the week, and on Saturday, you run three miles, and then you build from there. It sounds like a lot, but you don't have to run the whole time. You can run for a minute and take the bus for an hour. You also train with a thing called conversational running, and the conversation is so fascinating. Are you in-prone or (laughs) out-prone? C.J. Foster is a runner and a marathon coach for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Team in Training. You can visit teamintraining.org for more information on how to get involved. Thank you so much for being on our show, C.J. The Cat of the Week is Pidge from Frederick, Maryland. detective came and knocked on the door and I said is it Renee and he just gave me that solemn look it was the worst day ever the proof podcast is back with a new case and a new season 23 years ago 18 year old Renee Ramos went missing her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town I don't think that they arrested the right people it's about time somebody's trying to do something She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events, such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is sponsored or supported in part by Audible. Introducing Audible Originals, a new member benefit. Audible members now get two Audible Originals and one audiobook every single darn month. That is nice. Yeah, yeah. Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Boy, that, that'll give you something to talk about during your conversational run. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. Fill your fall with more stories, like, for instance, the totally unscientific study of the search for human happiness by Paula Poundstone. Didn't that get some... Uh, Pretty good reviews there. Yeah, I mean, good. I mean, I don't want to toot your horn when I could be tooting my own, but the totally unscientific study of the search for human happiness by Paula Poundstone is also one of eight books in the countries in the semifinals for the Thurber Prize for American Humor. Toot! Yeah, it's it's the highest recognition of art for American humor. American humor. Yeah, American humor. Which and includes Guam, I suppose, and yeah, the Virgin and, Islands. And the there Virgin some, Islands, there, Puerto Rico. There's some strong humor coming out of there this year, but you managed to get past them. Yeah, I'm just yeah it's, throw it's that a in. high honor. Um, an, a book not yet nominated for Thurber Award is A True Lady by beloved romance novelist Edith Layton. The book is read by talented actress. You might know her from uh, Mad Men, Jeannie Simpson. Little side note, Edith Layton is my mom, and Jeannie Simpson is my wife. Yeah, this... <laughs> What is that word? Uh, nepotism. Yeah. That's the word that comes <laughs> right. to mind. <laughs> okay. Well, get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals with a 30-day trial. Visit audible.com slash Paula or text Paula to 500-500. Another way to think of it is text Paula to Ben, Jory Herman. <laughs> Paula, the uh, midterm elections are coming up, right? And uh, Oh my gosh, I, I are they? you have a little story about the last time you voted? Uh, the last time I voted, I screwed, this has never, I've been going to the same polling place for years, I'm always like, hey, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. How you doing? I go into a little, you know, rickety table with the thing, I begin poking the things, I don't know what happened, somehow either I didn't have it, somehow I noticed that I was putting the wrong, I had to ask for another ballot. Okay, you, you screwed was, up your ballot. I screwed up my ballot. Ballot. Yeah, you could have just said I screwed up my ballot. But I screwed instead, up we my got that extremely no, want, inexact. Description. No, I wanted a, a colorful yeah. description. So, uh, so I I had to get. They gave me another ballot. I said, okay. "Oh my gosh, I made a mistake." Gave me another ballot. Right. I screwed it up again. How? I forget. I I I don't have a colorful description for the second screw up. Nor the first. Uh, I only remember the first. I, I don't know. But then when I screwed up the second time, uh -huh. and the lady handed me the third. Ballot, right? And and by the way, this was not voter fraud. It was a mistake. Um, right. Uh, the lady said to me, she goes, um, "This is the last one we can give you." Oh. And the pressure that I felt. I mean, I've never screwed up my ballot before, to the best of my and knowledge. And then you had done it twice. But I've done, I'd done it and twice. And you were down to your last one. I, I'd oh imagine that God. that might be some kind of actual legal statute, like like you you get three times and then you're out. Three yeah. strikes and you're out, and then it's yeah. probably a provisional ballot. It next. was like it was like it was like carrying a a, a very full glass of hydrochloric acid across the floor. Okay, so you really were careful that time. I was so 
nervous. I just so you could have made. Mistakes. I just voted. This is how we got Republican Trump, ticket. Right? Oh no! Yeah. Oh my god! Republican. No, oh my god! I did screw it. Is it too late then yes. to ask for my ballot back? Oh, That's yeah. my question. Well, we're going to get to that because we're going to find out just how to be smart about voting, both in the voting booth and before you get there. Doctor Nicholas Duquette is a professor at USC's Price School of Public Policy. Please welcome Dr. Nicholas Duquette. <laughs> Dr. Nick, welcome. Can I call you Dr. Nick? Uh, uh, sure. No, I, I, don't, I don't have to. It's like an Elvis Presley thing. I, I, I have a conversation with uh, my students all the time because they, they vacillate between calling me professor and yo buddy, and, and so we have to negotiate that space in between. But Dr. Nick is... New and that I, might be I believe that was Elvis's doctor who who basically killed him with amphetamines and stuff. Oh, is right? that true? Oh, yeah, so well, you might want to steer Dr. clear Nick. the Doctor Nick label. It's kind of fun though. You know, Elvis's death is now fun. Well, I think for everyone but Elvis, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well Doctor Duquette, we just heard about Paula's last voting experience, uh, but at least she was out there voting. What percentage of Americans actually take the time to vote, and uh, what's wrong with people? <laughs> Well, uh, to start with the first part of the question, in a, a presidential election year, it's about 60% of people who are eligible to vote, which, wow. is, which is already low. Yeah. Uh, in other countries, in Europe and Australia and places that we think of as being like us, they, they usually get uh, more like 75%. In typically. Australia, it's a law, isn't it? You have to vote. Yes. They're, they're one of the most voting uh, people. Well, now that includes I believe people... that's uh, technically voty people. They're the, among <laughs> yeah, they're the votiest people out oh, there. They're they're very voty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which which might actually be uh, you know a curse word in Australia too because yeah. they have uh, their own. Vody? That's why they made it mandatory. Yeah. Um, but why then did they a... make it mandatory? Were people not voting before, or was it just always mandatory from the time that they began this democracy thing? Well, it, there's always a trade off between uh, trying to encourage people to vote and not. Uh, you know, trying to burden them with more stuff that they have to go do. Right. And trying to encourage them to vote and locking them up for not voting. That there's a trade off. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they lock people up, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Didn't uh, you see Papillon? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Is that about an Australian who failed to vote and yeah. ended up in prison? I think so. <laughs> You think so? Yeah, I, I might. I might be misinterpreting some of the I film. I think but. so. Um, all right. So, what, what's wrong with people, Doctor Duquette? Well, what's wrong with Americans? Part of it is that they don't, I think, appreciate how much else is on the ballot besides the presidential races that get so much attention. So, the upcoming election is a midterm election when actually even fewer people vote. In our most recent midterm election in 2014, it was just over a third oh, of people who oh were allowed to vote even showed up and did it. Wow! Just so people to, wait. Oh. I cut you off. Say that again. People what showed up and did it? Showed up and and cast a ballot. Just over a third. It, it was thirty six percent. If you want to be really of specific the eligible about it. voting public. That's right. Wow. Are we expecting more this year? Because it's a it's a kind of hotly debated midterm election. Well, it it depends on who you talk to. So um, during the summer, the PRRI Institute, which I'm I'm now drawing a blank of what they stand for, probably polling and. Something, Research something related institutional stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think you. I think <laughs> cryptographer uh, uh, Adam Felber nailed that. Thank you very much. Polling so related research uh, institutional stuff. Yeah. They they asked people if they expected to vote, and it depended a lot on what kind of person they were talking to. Uh, senior citizens, about seventy four percent, said that they were planning to vote, but only just over a quarter of people age eighteen to twenty nine said that they were definitely going to oh. vote in this election. 
That, 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 that might go rough for the Democrats, wouldn't it? You know, when you say, the, who asked them? And what form of communication did they use to ask? Um, the PRRI asked. But what, they make phone calls and say, are you planning on voting? This is PRRI. Uh, are you planning on voting? That That's a good question. And something that pollsters have been having a lot of trouble with is that uh, many people who are 18 to 29 or just uh, tired of ha- paying an extra $50 a month don't have those landline phones anymore. Yeah. And it's not... Uh, not so simple to just call people cell phones. There are rules against telemarketing and, uh, yeah. you know, badgering the daylights out of people. So. Although I have to say, recently, my cell phone, it used to be that when I answered the landline, it was always like some telemarketing. But recently, my cell phone has been deluged with that. But when when I get called by like a pollster, I, I just, I politely bow out. Uh-huh. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm too busy to answer. I'll answer at the polls. I mean, I vote, but I, I don't want to answer questions. You don't want to talk to pollsters. I don't want to talk to pollsters. So I'm ho- I'm saying this with a little feeling of hope, really more hope than I have about running a marathon even. <laughs> I'm saying with a little feeling of hope that maybe, um, even though statistically it doesn't sound like the prediction is as high as we need it to be, that maybe really it'll be higher because it's just people that are going to go to the polls, but they're not going to talk about it over the phone. Sure. And it is just a prediction. The, you know, whatever people told uh, pollsters in the middle of the summer, it's, you know, it's not like planning this path of a, you know, a meteorite or something. No. Where, yeah. you know, There's a lot of variables along the way. Yeah. And, yeah. and people could decide that they change their mind and they can show up and vote. Yeah. Now, are am I required to vote for everything that's on the ballot, even if I have no idea what, what an item is? No, you don't have to vote for anything. You, uh, you can leave out stuff. You can leave out stuff. You can leave individual questions blank if you, um, uh, but do they you take you, points you off? No, no, no. That's Your final the, score? Uh, no, that's the SAT. Oh, uh, my mistake. Uh, and that's my a different mistake. Thing. And that's, that's just if you guess. If you leave it blank, then I, I think the... Well, no, wait. You don't get anything if you, uh, if you, you leave, leave it, blank. it blank. I think if you uh, get it wrong, you lose a point or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so right. So on the SATs we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. now and, we're talking and, about the SATs for yeah. no good reason. Yeah, no. I, you know what I do with the SATs? I used a straight edge and answered all Bs. How'd you do? Uh, well, you not, didn't go to college. Not well. Yeah. Yeah, no. But I think everyone's always wanted to know how that would work. And I did. Right. I I took. You went ahead and did that. I for did the it, team. and the answer is not good. So wait. Um, all right. So there's so much on the I ballot that I don't. I, do I actually brought my sample ballot with me. There's so much that I don't know. Now I realize that we're in California, um, because I have a right. GPS. Uh, you're, un- so, <laughs> you're unsealing your your ballot book. I am now. currently unsealing my ballot book, which tells you a sad piece of information about how much research I've already done. Yeah, and how prepared you are for this interview. <laughs> yeah, well, pre- I wanted to unseal it so people would understand that this is not prepared in any way. I okay. feel like our I audience know. is on that page. <laughs> if every state does it the same as we do. But just here's just an example. I'm only on the early pages here, and I'm already at the part where you vote on judges. Does every state vote on their judges? No. Um, many states don't. And why what- do we? Uh, why does California specifically? Yes. I, so the states that vote on judges decided that it was more important to have people have a chance to say who is going to be the person judging them and, uh, you know, making decisions about things like, you know, major stuff, going to jail, but paying a big no settlement. one knows the judges. That's the problem. That, no is, one that knows. does seem to be a real problem. Well, except for criminals. Criminals know the judges. Right. That's why they're always getting off easy, because they're putting yeah, installing they're, judges or just giving them a slap on the wrist. Am yeah, I right, Dr. Yeah. Duquette? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. whatever whatever their consequences may be, almost every state doesn't allow people in prison to vote. Uh, the only states that fully protect 
convicted criminals' voting rights are yeah, mean and vermont. families can vote. That's true. You yeah. know, I know. But, <laughs> but do their families really know the judges? Yeah. Which is yeah, the, that's, the that's, good, that's a good question. point. Nobody yeah. knows the judges, I think, is Paula's point. Yeah, we're nobody just, does know the judges. Oh, I know this guy, Hang him Harry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows these judges. And then when they put out information about themselves, what could they possibly say? I mean, they're supposed to be just fair, right? So what would you write about yourself as a person running for judge, because uh, I'm really, really fair. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, or the negative ads, like Judge Thomas says he's fair, but is he? <laughs> Doesn't seem Last fair Last Christmas, to me. it looked like he took the biggest slice of pie. Enjoy that dessert, <laughs> Judge Thomas. <laughs> yeah, or, or they'll do. They'll use the Trump thing. Many people say yeah. he's people not are, fair. I'm hearing he's not fair. Yeah, yeah. people are saying. I think that whenever you say people say something, you should have to show a picture of the people saying it. That just should be a look. (laughs) So I don't know why we vote. on. And then when if you don't vote on judges, like how do they, the states that don't vote, how do they get their judges? Do they just start in a Petri dish and they develop? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the states that don't vote, they're usually appointed in the same way that they are at the federal level. And who appoints them? The ones in the states. The governor and then the the legislature would approve them, I guess. The, Mm -hmm. The governor. Yeah, uh-huh. usually Unless the governor, the governor is in uh, prison, yeah, in which case... Well, he could but fill I... a point. He just wouldn't be able to vote. <laughs> oh, okay. I yeah. love the idea of us yeah. being governed by a guy in prison. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's go to Illinois. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best so let's, place Let's get to ballot that. questions, because ballot questions are... Uh, I guess California is, is uniquely screwed because we have ballot initiatives which are binding, right? That's right. So... Other states don't do this, Malarkey? Uh, it varies a lot from state to state how binding they are and how many different ways they can get onto the ballot. Because one of the weird things about California is that you can go out and uh, hustle enough signatures. Got to and- get a million, I think it is, right? million signatures. And it puts your proposition, what law you want, puts it on the ballot right. for the voters to decide. So long as you and, you know, and your buddies get a million signatures saying that people want that on the ballot. Sure. Right, which is why we in California basically voted away our property taxes and destroyed our public school system, <laughs> yeah, right? Because everyone said, right. "No, we don't want property taxes." Yeah, well, what good are they? Yeah, and then the next is, "Why are our schools crumbling?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely California. We've made some terrible, terrible mistakes. Now, but so in other states, they don't do the propositions then, or they do them different. Well, it it varies a lot state to state. So on paper, Texas doesn't have, for instance, to pick another big state with a lot of people, they don't have the uh, procedure where a citizen can go out and get uh, signatures and submit it. The, yeah. the only thing driving. That, they don't even yeah, have. Right. Yeah, they don't even have uh, the arrangement where a citizen can vote in Texas, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they they do for white yeah. citizens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. White, white guys can vote as a black person. You have to get a million signatures signed to be able to go to vote. Yeah, uh, which is and a, a note from your doctor. Yeah, which yeah. is a different sure. idea, I think. But but the, what they do have in Texas are. Uh, relatively easy constitutional amendments to the state constitution. So they've amended their state constitution um, about 500 times. Wow. Which is uh, a lot more than, you know, the U.S. constitution. Has well, ever yeah, we, what are we at now, 28 or something? Or? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but how many, <laughs> but how many of those are good? Uh, six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, okay, but here's something about ballot initiatives. 
they're written so confusingly that there's really no way for for an, an average person to read a ballot initiative and know what voting is or no means, right? I mean, my rule of thumb is generally if there's a TV commercial that says that the ballot initiative is poorly written, I'm probably voting for it. <laughs> Is, um, because you know the ad is going to be something like, yeah, the 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 initiative to to not eat kittens is a good idea. We all think kittens shouldn't be eaten, but this is a poorly written bill. So if it's poorly written, yeah, you, you would want to eat kittens. No, I don't want to eat kittens. <laughs> I think that, that that probably the attack ad is wrong, and that you should vote for the don't eat kittens initiative. I'm always troubled by the names of them. You know, the names of them are often, you know, it'll be like. The law for uh, for families, and then you read it, and it turns out it has something to do with banking. Right. <laughs> and you're just so, like, why were they allowed to name it? I'm so right. now that we've made like like 15 statements, and I'm guilty yeah. of this too, that didn't culminate in a question. Um, yeah. What do we do about these yeah. incomprehensible ballot initiatives? I'm, I'm taking a page from the Chris Matthews book of interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Chris Matthews interviews. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> so is she right? Um. I don't... <laughs> You know what's funny about that is that is that Dr. Duquette looks quite a bit like Chris Hayes. He does look a lot like yeah. Chris Hayes. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I wish I was Rachel Maddow. I promise you we're going to let you talk at some point. Well, I, yeah. I'm not even sure which question. Are we on the, what uh, we uh, the, the, the right? <laughs> the right yes, what do we question? do about those yeah. ballot initiatives? Yeah. Sadly, how do you, how do you, tell sadly you just articulated me voting. I, <laughs> I, I want to see the Are You Right initiative on the ballot. The, are you? Uh, yeah. Are you right? Am I right? Am I right? Um, so the, there's a few things you can do. Uh, obviously, the uh, best way to figure out what is going on in a very confusing initiative is to go uh, do your own research and try right. to figure out more about what uh, is going on with it. So um, one thing that you may have received is the uh, – here in California, we typically get stuff in the mail that is a voter guide uh, explaining the text. The actual text is presented poorly written or well written or uh, – you know, in blank verse, whatever right. it is. And then they uh, allow people to submit citizen statements in favor or against it, which sometimes can be illuminating. Sometimes you can get a sense of who are the prominent people who are in favor of or against. And sometimes yeah, there's just one crazy person who submitted a statement and they're not that helpful. The other yeah, thing- I got, can, I got one here that's argument in favor, like a clean, it's a clean water bill. Of right. some sort. And in support of it is the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, a woman who's director of public health, fire chief, aquatic biologist. These are like different people. They're not all, they don't all do the same thing. Water scientists. And it begins with water. This is the explanation. Water is life. And then it proceeds. Now I go to the rebuttal to argument. And uh, the first phrase, the first phrase is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Amazing in a negative way, I take it. I think so, yeah. And the supporters are snarky. Uh, one of them, it says Ed Winnetka, and it says just a guy. <laughs> oh, wow. So everybody's for this clean water initiative except Ed Winnetka. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of people that are well qualified Dr. on Duquette, one side. Where do you stand on the water initiative on this year's ballot? Um, I think I'm going, but this actually might be helpful. I can tell you how I came to my opinion about yes, it. Oh, I love that idea. So I, I read those summary statements and, uh, I didn't feel like Ed had given me the, uh, <laughs> full perspective. I, I just want to give Ed's Ed, rebuttal Ed, right now. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Actually, if Edwin Eck is listening. Go ahead and, and write, for Christ's sakes, right after that. <laughs> 
I good for Edwin Necker though that he actually sent in a, a statement because I think they have a process to decide which is the best, the most well written statement. Wow, before and and Ed's is the most well written, yeah. and Ed rose to the top. But um, the other thing that I do that I find helpful is to go look at newspaper endorsements. The right. LA Times, uh, the San Jose Mercury News. They'll usually endorse one side or the other and then explain why. And I, if I'm remembering, if it's the one I'm thinking of, the Times actually sa- said that we should. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I, I swear we didn't talk about this beforehand. If I remember correctly, the LA Times said to vote no on that one because it was not well written. Oh, is that uh, true? <laughs> vote yes, everybody. I, 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 mean, I like water. It, it's life. I'm going to vote yes right. on that. Absolutely but, amazing. Uh, but you, but disgusted, it's, Ed. It's, yeah. it's, that is a stance I should say. It's, it's yes on water, no on good, good prose. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, now I don't even know. I really just glanced at it. I really don't even know what the water law would be. I don't know if it's good or bad. But um, is it possible for a rebuttal to just begin with? What the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's but, possible, but yeah. it, it might not get chosen. I think. Yeah. Is a, a citizen has to submit it. Yeah. A citizen has to submit it. Well, there's more than. I'll submit one that reads that. Uh, <laughs> um, what's a lieutenant governor? Paula wanted to know about yeah, that. Yeah, what's a, a lieutenant governor? Now, do they wear a uniform? Do they carry a weapon? What no, is a lieutenant it's, governor? That, it's That's just, um, you know, a, a traditional way referring to someone. A lieutenant governor isn't like a military lieutenant any oh. more than Mike Pence has to indulge every form of vice. Um, <laughs> it's well, well put. Yeah, thank you. Um, he doesn't. The, the, yeah. the Mike Pence. Mike Pence. Well, it depends how you define vice. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, he seems a like a homophobic like, rat fucker. He does that. <laughs> right. And that's a vice. I think so. <laughs> that, to me, that's a vice. It's interesting that he would be so homophobic and yet so into rats in that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but only straight rats. Right. <laughs> just a th- thing between a straight guy and a straight rat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It just happens. Yeah, exactly. It happens in the locker room. We never talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he checks it. Mike Pence, uh, if Mike Pence gets a dog, he makes sure it's not gay. Right. <laughs> and you can tell, by the way. How can you tell? You can That's tell the dog's gay? something about the way they wag their tail. You can... <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. See, I've got terrible canine gator. Because I, I, I <laughs> one minute oh, I'm yeah. like, this dog is straight as an arrow, and the next minute I'm like, he is humping my leg. Yeah, it's something to, it's not just that he's humping your leg, it's. This other, you could just tell. It's the way. Taste in movies. The, the way he cleans up his room. You can tell. <laughs> okay. You can just tell. I can't yeah. remember you know, the last gay, time a, that we asked Dr. Duquette a question. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. <laughs> I'll tell you something about a gay dog. Yeah. They tend to lint lift a lot. They lint lift? Yeah, they tend to always be brushing the fur off their pants. Their it's, pants? It's just something to look for. Yeah, a gay dog. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that When another right. dog comes over to a gay dog, he's like, oh, come on. Stop lint brushing <laughs> yeah, me. He's, he's like, no, you're getting, I'm a straight dog. You're I don't, getting fur all over, my, all over my fur. I so badly want to get back to our civics right now. lesson. Uh, all right, all sorry. Right, so the governor is kind of like the vice president of the governorship. Pretty, pretty much. The, no, when, right. the, when the state governor is uh, out of the state or or dead, then the <laughs> the lieutenant governor steps in to... <laughs> to do what? To, to uh, govern. To, to perform the same ro- the roles of the governors. Oh, uh, runner up God, it's such a creepy... It's such a, that's such an awful... You need you a just, contingency you plan. You just picture them hovering over. You just, you just picture... 
Gavin, like Gavin, Newsom, Gavin Newsom for I, years calling Jerry Brown. How you feeling? How you feeling? You okay? You look pale. Yeah. yeah. You know, you might want to sit down. Well, I, but but at least he. He's By the just, way, I love them both. He's just hovering. So I I actually just learned recently that when uh, the first time Jerry Brown was governor, he yeah. had a, a, a different guy. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but, uh, but Jerry Brown went out of town for a few days. Which and the made, guy did Linda Ronstadt? And what? What? <laughs> Oh, that's no, awful. let him tell his story. The lieutenant so, governor didn't do Linda Ronstadt. I, I think I heard what the you professor didn't. just said. No, that's not what he said at all. He Desperado. said one time Jerry Brown left the state and the lieutenant governor did something. Yeah, I heard exactly what he said. He did Linda Ronstadt. What were you saying, Dr. Duquette? I, I was going to say he signed some legislation into law, but I, I think what Paul heard is way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely is. Yeah, it's they also- went to that little taco place on Melrose together. They did not. They did. No. And when Jerry Brown went out of town, Linda Ronstadt went with the lieutenant governor right. to the little taco place. I'm going to have to call bullshit on you right here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why I would, but number one is why would they be going out to a taco place on Melrose when the seat of our government is, in fact, in Sacramento? <laughs> No, you don't know. I'm telling Which you, that place like is still miles there. Miles away. No, there's a place not to people who don't live in California. It isn't. There can be an earthquake in people San. People have maps. No, they can tell you're full of it. No, they don't. They, there can be an earth. Look, okay. Did you ever see the show The Mentalist? No. Okay. Well, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> You've seen it, haven't you, sir? No. You, you haven't seen The Mentalist? No. The Mentalist or mentalist. the Mentalist? With oh, Simon no. Baker. I haven't seen that either. It's a <laughs> it's a Simon Baker vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, where there's an elite police force in California, the CBI. Wow, we're circling no closer to voting at this moment. <laughs> okay, I, wait. All right, so, yes, yes, I, Linda Ronstadt and Jerry Brown you used to go question? to Taco. We're kind well, of uh, yes, yeah, I have, up against it right now. Yes, I have a question. If I screw up uh, my ballot a third time when I go, because I am voting on, is it November 6th? Yeah. That's when I'm going in. Pretty sure it's November 6th. When I, on November 6th, by golly, I'm going to be there at the lawn bowling place that does the that is my polling place. Um, if I screw up my ballot three times, on the off chance that that might happen, um, what happens? Uh, so a, a spoiled ballot is one that is, uh, is marked incorrectly or defaced or... Uh, uh, otherwise, uh, not filled out appropriately, and yes. so um, typically, it the way that it is handled varies according to state law and exactly what you did to screw it up. Okay, um, if it's if it's uh, you know like set on fire or something, then they right. they just won't count it entirely. Uh, things uh, ballots that are spoiled, for instance, because it's not clear what the voter intended to do. The, uh-huh. You know, the bubbles were marked with an X instead sure. of being yeah. properly filled in. Uh, you will usually get counted if the intent can be. Well, ours, concerned. we have some sort of inky thing that you poke through a hole. Yeah. Um, so we don't, you know, you could, you don't have the option of crossing out or making a circle. You just right. poke the thingy through the hole. I think what happened to me is I somehow transposed the yeses and the noes. And so I was reading it and I was thinking that I was poking yeses and I was, but I was doing the opposite. So I didn't support the families. I guess the families. real question here is, is, is the person at, at, at Paula's polling place, were they just kind of BSing her about this is the last ballot they're allowed to give? Or was it really going to go to a provisional ballot after that? Um, I don't actually know what the rules are as far as the three strikes you're out. This is the first situation like this that anybody has ever told me about. All right, we'll we'll, we'll, um, we'll all look but, into it. But if you if if you do run into a situation where uh, you you may not be an, a allowed to exercise your right to vote, you, yeah. you still it is uh, recognized as a thing that we 
you know, we want people to do, even if it looks like there might be some kind of screw ups somewhere. Typically, right. what if I get there, which has been my polling place mm-hmm. forever? Now I happen to have my my sample ballot, and so sure. I do know what my poll. But what if I went? What if I didn't read it because I'm so used to going to the same place, and now I show up, and it turns out they've moved me to a different place, and I can't get there. So if you don't, if you might, they tell you you're at the wrong place, right. or that your your yeah. address right. is filled out wrong, or you spelled your name wrong, or your Precisely. voter registration. Yeah, you can submit a provisional ballot, which is. It's a form uh, where you, you it's it's a all the questions that are on the regular ballot, and then there is also a place where you can enter your name and uh, ID number and you know whatever the requirements are of your state, saying who you are and asserting that I have the right to vote and. Yeah, and they'll, they'll count that vote if they yeah. need to count provisional ballots. That's right, right. Oh, yeah. So they so don't they, count it. They don't count it right away. Because someone has to look at it and go back to the records and figure out if it's if uh, you really did mess up something or if the, the state is obligated to count it. So but they'll so if so if it's a right so if it's a cliffhanger they use the provisional ballot and if it isn't it, then it, they don't. It really does right? vary state by state. Some oh, states I, I believe they are obligated to count them all and they usually uh, are are more forgiving about people who show up. Uh, so the other thing to keep in mind is that what you need to bring to vote varies a lot state by state as well. In uh-huh. California, you don't need to bring uh, ID or anything unless um, your registration turns out to be uh, you know, messed have, up. Have yeah. messed up, but for very narrow reasons, they're pretty forgiving. If you're but voting in Tennessee, there's new voter ID laws mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. If you're yeah. voting in Tennessee, you need to bring uh, a driver's license, a passport, or a one of those state IDs that's basically a driver's license without the car part. Uh, also, and, uh, if you're voting in Tennessee, um, you have to bring a music sample. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you have to bring like an MP3 of a country western, a country song, western song that, that you've recently like written. Yeah. How about like Memphis Blues? Any of that? Yeah, no, it has. Well, it's yeah, just Nashville. Yeah, it's just Nashville right All now, right, but great. it's surely going to spread. Of course, it is. Um, well, thank you, Doctor Nicholas Duquette, <laughs> for being our, our voters' guide. Paula, what advice do you have for people before they go into the voting booth? Jory, can you give me a, a little bit of background for my voter information? Voters can read newspapers to inform themselves. Let me repeat that. Voters can read newspapers to inform themselves. Only 60% of Americans vote even in the presidential election. And for the midterms, only 36%. So the answer to the question, what's wrong with us, is 40% of Americans suck during the presidential election and 64% suck during the midterms. Thank you, Dr. Nicholas Duquette, for being our voter's guide. Dr. Nicholas Duquette is a professor at USC's Price School of Public Policy. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you to our house band, Jory Herman. Paula, we've been talking about voting, and you can vote with your ears by listening to your favorite Maximum Fun podcast. Here are a couple of ones that I know you'll enjoy. Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And, and I was, was too. too. 
butts, 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 butts. No. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I, before children, yeah, definitely didn't think it was going to be this hard. Yeah. I'm going to ask my children to do X, Y, or Z, yeah. and they're going to do it. And I'm going to lead by example. They're yeah. going to know. They're going to do it because yeah. they're going to see me doing it. Right. And children naturally want to please adults. Yeah. You know what? I'll make it kind of fun. Yeah. And that'll be fun. Totally. But I, I won't necessarily use bribes. And I would never use threats. Right. That was my pre-child thinking. Yes. And, like, if somebody came in and saw us doing this, yeah. they would judge. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like our show, leave us a review on iTunes. If it's between voting in the midterm election and leaving us reviews, please vote in the midterm election. I hate the idea. What if we're getting a bigger turnout? Right. I can't imagine a scenario where it would be between voting in the midterm elections and reviewing us. I'm just trying to take a burden off of people. That's really nice of you. Yeah, but it would be great if people left reviews. That would be good. You can email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and follow us on Twitter. And you can visit Paula's website, www.paulapoundstone.com, to find out where she's going to be appearing live. Paula, where are you going to be next? I'll be in Davis, California, at the University of California, Davis. On November 29th and on December 14th, I'll be at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Mass. And it's not too early to start thinking about New Year's Eve, is it, Adam? No, it's not. When I'm going to be performing in San Francisco at the Norse Theater. People should start planning for that. I think it's time. Yeah. I think it, imagine, you know, I, every year I say to people, come on, let's, you know, it's a terrible year that we've just gotten through. Yeah. Come laugh the night away and we'll start anew and it'll be better next year. I'm not making that promise this year. Right. <laughs> the, you, you do promise they'll laugh the night away. Uh, they'll laugh the night but away. But they're just going to wake up to more of the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Unless... Possibly, if people vote in the midterms right. on November sixth, November sixth, we think it's we should really fact check that November sixth thing before we uh, put this podcast. Oh out. But my I think gosh, I'd feel like an idiot if it wasn't November sixth. Oh no, you won't. I'll know because when I go to my polling place, there'll be lawn bowling instead of voting. Because I go to a uh, where I vote is a lawn bowling. I don't place. think it, I don't think you vote at an actual polling place. <laughs> Just like oh I think you're getting gosh. your sneakers from an S and M dungeon, I think, I think you're probably, you're that's probably, probably filling out like a you know a, a burger card at the counter. That's probably what's wrong with like forty percent of the voters yeah. during the presidential election is they're simply not at the polling place or just one of the voters. No. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, Adam, we haven't mentioned that I'm offering the discerning consumer a remarkably soft tri-poly blend <sighs> shirt on my website with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. Well, that's terrific. But also, by the way, I looked it up, and tri-poly blend just isn't a thing. Yes, it is. It's tri-poly. It's remarkably soft. I know it's soft. 
Yeah. But if it's, you look it's, up the phrase remarkably soft, it'll, it'll say tri-poly blend. It won't. It won't say tri-poly blend yeah. kind of anywhere because yeah. what you're talking about, I'm pretty sure, is a, a two-poly, a two-synthetic fiber, one-part cotton shirt. No. It's a yeah, tri-poly it's, blend. It's, no, it's rayon and polyester and cotton. No. No, but we are at the Rayon Horseman Studios. We are at the Rayon Horseman Studios. And uh, you at home, I know nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, but please hear this. Vote, vote, vote. Okay, I hope you heard that. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by the mighty Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Jory Herman, member of the Los Angeles Philharmonic double bass section. His website is joryherman.com. Thanks again to our guests, C.J. Foster and Dr. Nicholas Duquette. Our security guard at Ray Horseman Studios is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? There you go, Jordan. You were fantastic. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.